A new NBA season has arrived, and on this edition of NBA Sound System, several themes take center stage. From title contenders to best duos in the league and a look at the annual GM survey all in store. But we start with the first of some new programming, a collaboration as the worlds of basketball and soccer collide. Sound System FC, our new show spotlighting soccer around the world, featuring Men and Blazers' Roger Bennett on a new episode. Men and Blazers taping an interview in San Francisco with Warriors head coach Steve Kerr to air on Sunday, November 10th on NBC Sports Network. And we joined in as our full conversation is available by subscribing to Sound System FC on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. With this, just the start of things. Roger Bennett from Men in Blazers on NBC Sports Network joining us. And when you think of the opportunity for why you're here in San Francisco today to talk with Warriors head coach Steve Kerr, a guy who we know loves Liverpool and loves the work of Jurgen Klopp. When you think of your background as a guy growing up in Liverpool who was a fan of Chicago sports, to see Steve Kerr do what he does and meet him in person and talk to him for an upcoming show... Wow, put it all together for us. Oh, that, that is me explaining the secret of life, which is very hard to do. Uh, but it's a joy to be in your city, which is an incredible basketball city. It's also an incredible Premier League city. Joy to speak to Steve Kerr, uh, who was one of my favourite uh, icons on that Bulls team for so many different reasons. A role player who truly just reveled in the collective, a journeyman when he arrived to Chicago, who with force of will propelled himself onto that team and wove himself into the DNA, the tapestry uh, of that great squad. You know, the, the Jordan, Pippin, Rodman, Luke Longley, uh, BJ Armstrong, Ron Harper. S- Steve Kerr is in that pantheon. And the remarkable thing about him to me is, he never let that define him. He then went to San Antonio, kept winning, then came here uh, and kept winning. So to be able to speak to him about his leadership, his management, his approach to not just winning, but sustained winning uh, is a true joy. And that obviously led to what Jurgen Klopp has done at Liverpool, the transformation uh, through, through joy, through passion. Those are Steve words, not mine. And it makes sense to me why he supports Liverpool, why he reveres uh, Jurgen Klopp. He loves happiness in a squad. Jurgen Klopp embodies happiness. Uh, Steve Kerr thinks that he is Jurgen Klopp, but he's really a Pep Guardiola. He's a lot more zen. He's a lot more emotionless on the sideline. But God love, I love the love between Jurgen Klopp and Steve Kerr. We've got to get those two men together. Get their book, listen to their podcast, watch their television show on NBC Sports Network, Men in Blazers. Roger Bennett joining us here. Thank you so much for being with us. Courage. Again, to listen into more with Men in Blazers, Roger Bennett talking Liverpool, Man City, and much more, subscribe to the new podcast feed, Sound System FC, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Men in Blazers, a notable duo, and this season plenty abound in the NBA as we listen into the NBA TV Game Time crew. We're talking about parody with these dynamic duos. 3D, is this good? Bad, indifferent. How does this impact the league? I think it's great for the league because the last four or five years, guys, we've been talking about guys coming together, the three guys and three amigos and all that kind of stuff. Now we're seeing some GMs take advantage of 
do I, do I like my players? Are my superstars happy? So to see Russell Westbrook, to be in Houston now, Smitty, mm-hmm. to see those two guys, him and Harden, I think it's great for the NBA. Yeah, it is. And I think it gives us, as analysts and been around the game, we always had history from guys playing on our team, and we can kind of forecast what they were going to be next year. So many guys and superstars saying, we've we all been around the league. I haven't seen so many MVP candidates move around. And now for us to see how's that going to fit, what these coaches going to do with these players, I think is an intriguing storylines. For me, guys, everything has changed. When the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship with one superstar, mm. not two, right. not three, it changed everything. Because now you got owners and GM sitting back saying, okay, if we can get the right guy and build a complete team from one to 15 around that guy, we got a chance to compete and win. So I think a lot more pressure on a lot of teams this year and a lot of coaches because these owners sitting there saying the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship with one superstar. And now we have two. It brings everybody into the mix. I'm excited about this year. Well, with so much player movement over the summer, we know it's a long season, but things change quickly over the course of an NBA season. So, Sam, let's start with that idea here, with Kawhi going and teaming up with Paul George on a team that made the playoffs last year. How much time is it going to take a team like the Clippers and a team like the Lakers, who had an Anthony Davis, to gain the necessary chemistry? It normally would take a while, but in this case, I don't think so, Jared, for this point. You look at the players around Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They're all ancillary players. There's no other superstars on that team or star players like Dennis was, and I was talking about his green room. All these players for the Clippers now are role players, and they understand their role. Now you're bringing in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the two superstars. So uh, everybody's just going to fit around those two guys. Doc Rivers smart. He's going to put the ball in those guys' hands. You're going to play off those two guys. And the thing that I love about this Clipper team, the reason it's going to come together quickly, they got a championship coach in Doc Rivers. They got a bunch of guys who know who they are and what they are and you just brought in two studs that play both play both ends of the floor the Clippers are for real well for me guys it's, it's understanding that Doc Rivers realized he has two unselfish superstars and I think that's something we miss out on then you got a guy like Lou Williamson come off the bench and carry the team for quarters at a time that's going to help Paul George and Kawhi Leonard oh did we talk about load management yet well we know both of those guys are going to miss some games so the Clippers bench is deep enough and we all can say Doc Rivers will figure it out well, let's get let's get into that. Mm-hmm. How, how will load management, particularly considering that a team just load managed their way to a title in Toronto, how will that impact how these duos are essentially managed with their playing time? So Sam, at 3D's point for me, as you go back to the Clippers, and I'm excited if I'm Doc Rivers and that coaching staff, because even with load management, I have an identity. I can go out there and win games and not shoot well. That's I right. have some guys that can defend. They were a good defensive team last right. year mm-hmm. with Patrick Beverly, Montrezl, and mm-hmm. all those young guys who bought in the defense. Now you bring in two guys that are 6'8", six, 6'9", six, long, four-time defensive player, uh, all-defensive team for yep. Paul George. Yep. I think five times for, for Kawhi Leonard, two-time defensive player of the year. I can win a game on a defensive end, and I got, got guys who like to play defense. I think that identity is already set. League-wide. Will we see, Sam, more or less load management than last season? I think we're going to see more, but this is the problem. If you're in the Western Conference, can you afford to let your superstars miss too many games because of rest? I mean, you look at the Western Conference from top to bottom, there are no easy wins. Other than when you think about Memphis, maybe Minnesota, you look at everybody in the West, you can get beat any night. So it's going to be intriguing for me to watch how these coaches, how do you keep guys minutes low but still win enough games because – Finishing in the top four in the West is going to be crucial. You need that first round home court. 
uh, in the playoffs at home. Dennis Scott and Matt Weiner pick up with their takes on the annual GM survey as part of a look at the full season ahead. The L.A. Clippers will win the 2020 NBA championship. At least they were the team picked more than any other in the annual NBA.com GM survey. 46% of the respondents decided the combination of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George was enough to make the Clippers, the L.A. Mm. Clippers, what? the team to beat. The Bucks were the execs' second favorite with 36% of the vote. The Lakers placed third in the balloting. Mm. Some other notable results Giannis Antetokounmpo selected by the GMs to repeat as okay. NBA Most Valuable Player. No surprise, Ian Williamson was their pick for Rookie of the Year. Greg Popovich is normally their pick as yep. best coach in the league, and to the surprise of absolutely no one, Steph Curry was chosen as the best shooter. <laughs> no all right, let's go with uh, some of their picks. First of all, I'm saying out loud once again that the L.A. Clippers are considered a favorite to win the NBA championship, and the GMs are picking them. Where do you stand? Did they get that right? Uh, I understand why they're picking them the favorites. It's a no-brainer. You bring in the two all-stars that they have. You have Patrick Beverly. And more importantly, they kept their core guys off the bench together. When anything go crazy, you still have Lou Williams to come in offensively to hold the fort down. Defensively, if they're not in this top two or three, something's wrong because of what I just said. But me personally, I still face, like I said earlier, I think Denver is going to be that team that people are sleeping on. They're bringing all their core guys back. Michael Porter Jr., de facto rookie because he didn't play last year. And Michael Malone has done an excellent job the last couple of years changing the culture. You bring back more uh, Millsap and, you, and Jeremy Grant. I think he was one of those under-the-radar signings that you still have those young, fresh legs and they go small ball that you need someone to throw in there to mix some things up. So Denver is my pick to come hmm. out of the NBA this year. Well, they're going to be loaded, that's for sure. Oh, I, you know, there's no sure thing. It's wide open, league-wide. In a long time, Matt. In a long time, it's been this wide open. First time open. in, in years, many, many years. years. I tend to agree on the Clippers pick. I disagree on the MVP pick. I think it's going to be from one of the two L.A. teams, maybe LeBron James for a fifth time, maybe Kawhi Leonard. Where are you? I, I know a lot of people think LeBron. I'm, I'm moving away from LeBron because everyone's talking about LeBron trying to give it to A.D., so if I want to say the Lakers, I may lean more towards AD. If it's the Clippers, maybe Kawhi, but load manager with Doc Rivers, I'm not sure how many minutes Kawhi's going to play all year long. So I'm still staying out in the Midwest with Denver. I think the Joker, because Michael Malone and everyone out there is saying they're playing through him more this year. The offense, yeah. half court, throw the ball to him high. Certain nights now, if he doesn't shoot the ball, we understand that's not his game. He'd rather have 15 or 17 assists, win the ball game, and his team be at the top of the heat. So I think the Joker is poised and paced. In the way the team, the chemistry, they want him to have the ball because they know he's going to make the right decision for him to be uh, a solid team. So I have the Joker as my MVP. And I think they'll be in contention to win not only the West, but yeah. maybe have the best record in the league, and that yes. often leads to MVP. Yes, C, that, that's what C, normally – Yes, Antetokounmpo, <laughs> comma, Giannis. For the, the last, last couple season. years, yeah. exactly. exactly. Uh, Steph Curry, best shooter. I don't think you would disagree with that. No. You got like 90% of the vote in the yes. GM survey. So my question for you really isn't, is Steph Curry the best shooter? It's – Who's the second best shooter if it's almost unanimously Curry? It, it's, and Matt, we were just talking about, you go back and forth because a lot of our guys today, there's only a few guys that we say are flat-out shooters because some guys are more scorers than shooters. So right now, with that being said, J.J. Reddick and Kyle Corey, we know those guys are still the best catch-and-shoot guys. But I'm going to go with Devin Booker. Mm. I'm going to go with Devin Booker because he's shown us now he can catch and shoot. He can put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. He can get to the free throw line. And, of course, in the fourth quarter, he knows how to go get to his sweet spot. It's not a bad pick. 
Finally, on open court, title contenders are the topic that they dive into as this new NBA season has begun. We want to talk a little bit about the contenders. Shaq, who are the two, three, four teams that are legit contenders in 2020 to hoist the Larry O'Brien Trophy? I saw the Lakers play the other day, and I know it's preseason, but damn, they look good. Right? Lakers look really good. I'm still going to put the Rockets up there. Okay. Giannis has turned down all the other superstars to work out with. (laughs) I like his heart. I like his determination. I'm going to throw Milwaukee in there. And... I also got to put Golden State in there. I know, I know C-Webb and uh, Reggie might, might disagree, but I'm not going to disrespect Golden State like that, so sure. those are my top four right there. Okay, well, we might as well get to you, Chris. I mean, the Golden State Warriors have advanced to the NBA Finals five straight years, yet you do not have them making the playoffs this year. Why? A couple of reasons. One, because it's the NBA and it's the best players in the world, and we're disrespecting the NBA by acting like You can make it to the playoffs because of what you did last year. We know they have Steve Kerr and what he's done as a player and a coach. We we know what Draymond Green Hart is and what he did last year in the playoffs. One of the best playoff series I've seen by a guy that controlled the whole series. Steph, what you gonna say? But they do not have Andre Iguodala. They do not have Livingston. They do not have veteran presence like they had. If you hear Steve Kerr talk, he says he has to have two and a half hour practices with them because guys don't even know the the terminology of their new plays. And this is the main point. The most disrespected player ever in the history of the NBA is the other splash brother. Clay Thompson. Mr. Thompson. He was their best defender on other perimeter. He's the reason why they had spacing because he could go around and be that. He's the cog of that offense. And without him, they may have problems scoring. Nah. That's their job to prove me wrong. But Klay Thompson, if he does not play this year, I do not see how they can make... Even if he plays one month, I don't see how they could do it. I don't see it. That's just my true opinion. Reg, do you have any contenders for 2020? Well, I'm along the same lines as Shaq. Uh, The Lakers did look good. Yeah. But I will say, arguably the best possibly starting five in the NBA will come from the Philadelphia 76ers. I think them getting Al Horford was a huge... Take away from Boston. Now you adding him to Ben Simmons, who, oh, by the way, did everyone see him knock down a three? Reggie Miller. <laughs> well, hold on. What? Reggie Miller. <laughs> what? What a celebration. You know, it's crazy. When he shot it, he looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. It but, was crazy. But the yeah. C-Web and I have been talking. That's only an exhibition game. I want to see it when the lights are up. I want to see it when the lights <laughs> he are up. He said that right? didn't count. Yeah. It didn't count. <laughs> He's still over. Over 17. So I like Philly. And another team. The Los Angeles Clippers, to Ooh, me, are the best them. team. Uh, I know Laker I fans don't want to hear this. They're going to play uh, defense yeah. uh, every I night. Between them. Kawhi, yeah. Paul George, Patrick Beverly, who is a beast, Montrez Harold, yes. two-girl Lou, and you got, you got Punch coming off the bench with sweet Lou Williams and Doc Rivers, who knows how to win a championship. The Clippers will be in the thick of things when it's all said and done. Speaking of the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, what level of gangster were Kawhi Leonard's movements in the offseason? What did Denzel Washington play in the movie he played? Oh, American no, no, gangster. gangster. Frank Lucas. Frank, Frank Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, yeah, he was like that because Kawhi doesn't talk a lot. Right, he's very <laughs> quiet. You know, nobody knows what he's going to do. I really think it's professional how he did it. So I'm going to go with Frank Lucas style of gangster. Yeah. Gotcha. I like that and I'm going to go a little godfather because the word is that, uh, you know, Doc Rivers gave him a list and said, choose from one. And, you know, I could just see him, you know, 
sipping a glass of wine going, yeah, I'll play with him. So I think his move definitely was uh, dope and uh, being on the low quiet, not making any waves and just picking his team and going home. Right. Yeah. I I'm going to say Scarface, say hello to my little friend because... <laughs> Do that again. Say yeah. hello to my little friend. <laughs> because he was able to get Paul George to come along with him. And number two... He spurned what everyone thought he was going to go join LeBron James and the Lakers, the bigger franchise. That's a huge splash for a team that played second fiddle to the Lakers forever. Say hello to my little friend. And the little friend could also be the NBA Finals MVP trophy as well. That helps. He brings that to L.A. Uh, fellas, from your experience, like we mentioned some MVP contenders, but we haven't seen them play together to develop chemistry. How many games or how many months should we give these teams with retooled lineups so that we, you know, we can properly evaluate, hey, this team is an NBA championship contender? Usually when you have two MVP caliber players, they like to score. But my favorite one-two punch this year is LeBron and AD. Right. LeBron likes to, you know, make his players better. And I watch them in that preseason game, and they look like they've been playing together for a while. You know, uh, Westbrook... And Harden, I'm kind of worried about them because both of them like the ball, but they will figure it out because, you know, they grew up together, they're good friends. But my favorite one-two punch this year will be LeBron and AD. I believe that there's a good chance for AD to be MVP yeah. because he's younger and has energy. And LeBron is MVP all year and definitely during the playoffs. I would not be surprised if LeBron helped, allowed, worked with AD, got him MVP to be that battery and they back all year and then said, you keep doing it. Now watch me put on my, watch me put on this cape and do what I do during the playoffs. I really wouldn't be surprised, guys. I don't know about you. I, I really think for that Lakers dynamic to work and for them to win a championship, I think LeBron has to do that. You got young legs and young talent in Anthony Davis. This is LeBron's 17th year. Nothing to prove. You have nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. You are, cons you are close, if not on Mount Rushmore. Close. Uh, some pe people put them on, but you're there. You're knocking on the door. You have nothing to prove. I think LeBron, on nights, can take a step back and be like, you know what? 15 assists tonight. Go get your 45-50, and we win by 15-20. And there can be other nights where LeBron has to be LeBron. But... He's got to let these young dudes, Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, let these young guys go to work. And that's the definition of a one-two punch, and I think he will do that. He kind of reminded me of you when you was playing with Jason Williams. When you and Jason hooked up, you used to run the floor. You run the floor because you knew he was going to get the ball. Yeah. So when he's out there with LeBron, he knows he's going to get the ball. He's catching lobs. He's playing with a lot of energy. He has uh, something to prove, and he's playing with a different type of energy. So, again, that's my favorite one-two punch, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. A huge season is ahead and much more to come. Thank you for listening in to NBA Sound System.